This is the Unity Community of Central Oregon podcast. So I have never started a talk like this, but I have to start by apologizing for my face. Yesterday, I, w- I got a little overly confident with my beehive, thinking that I could go through all the frames doing what I needed to do without putting my suit on. And I got through six frames, and then on frame seven, they were like, uh-uh. I got nailed probably seven or eight times on this side of my head. So, yes. Um, and I was, t- I was thinking about getting ready this morning, and I woke up and I looked at myself. I was like, I got I to gotta give the talk. And I start putting makeup on, and I remi- remember that old saying of, it's like putting a party dress on a pig. That's, that's, <laughs> that's kind of how it felt today. So, um, uh, you know, now that in so many places the physical threat of COVID is fortunately uh, dipping off, there's a lot more emphasis being put on mental health and mental health issues. And I've been worried about one of my neighbors. And the other day I went out and I saw her like in her backyard talking to her cat like really seriously. And you could tell that she was believing that that cat was understanding her. And I thought it was odd. I went back in my house and told my dog about it and we laughed our tails off. (laughs) In all seriousness, Jane just got it, I think. In all seriousness, man, we have been, and really still are, going through something truly extraordinary together. There was the world before COVID-19 and the world after, and this will go down as a defining point in the history of modern humanity, one way or another. And we really don't yet know what the outcome's gonna be, what it's going to lead to. For me, in the first couple weeks, I was thinking, it's no big deal. I didn't, I, I was pretty healthy. I thought it was going to be all right. But then I'm kind of, a, I'm science trained and I started looking at the science and the trajectory and I began to realize, man, this could be, this could be really something serious. And then much of the world, at least those places fortunate enough, enough to be able to do so, went into quarantine. We had never, ever experienced anything like that before. And my own reaction kind of surprised me. Yeah, I had some concern. You know, I was a little bit concerned about my safety, but more so about a couple of loved ones who were, were more fragile, would have been more susceptible. Yes, I was worried about what's the heck's it going to mean for my business and my finances and all of that. But I also was excited. I had a sense of, huh, you know, maybe, maybe there could be something powerfully positive in this. I, I sensed an opportunity for a collective reset. I could not have seen that we would lose hundreds of millions of people, and that that means many hundreds of millions more who are suffering with extreme grief. I could not have seen that coming, and that is a very hard truth. And as Jane mentioned, this has been an extraordinarily challenging time for <laughs> unprecedented number of people. However, along with the grief, this pandemic has offered some important insights and some lessons. You know, I think first and foremost, it shows we are really connected. We human beings, we're connected across the globe. Rich uh, countries are getting more and more vaccines to poorer countries because hopefully some of it's from goodness of our hearts, but also because, you know, we have 
It's a global pandemic. We are all connected. What happens in one place matters to all of us. It's, a, it's been a wonderful example of, of neighbors stepping up and being more neighborly. That certainly happened in my neck of the woods. I met several neighbors in my little block I'd never known before. Great stories of strangers helping people, the, the, the more vulnerable, just stepping in, and, and that sense of community that often does come when we face uh, a significant collective challenge. The slowdown of the global economy even gave us a chance to, to see up, you know, firsthand, this Mother Earth can heal if we take our foot off her back, right? I mean, that, that example alone was hopeful to me. A few days into, the, into all of this, as it was, everything was closed down, my gym was closed too. And I was in this kind of excited frame, and so I turn on this head-banging rock music, and my house is small, 960 square feet, and I'm dancing around, banging it out to ZZ Top, you know, in my kitchen, and doing push-ups and getting my workout in, and John, my beloved, call my dog, is looking at me from the couch like, oh my lord, I'm just staying over here. Um, John calls, and he, I'm out of breath, and he can hear the music in the background, which is really unusual for me, and he says, whoa, Syl, how you doing? <laughs> I said, darling, I think I was born for the apocalypse. <laughs> now, ba bear with me for a second. I know apocalypse can be a scary word, but the Greek root of apocalypse actually means to uncover or lay bare or disclose. And in many ways, COVID-19 has kind of laid bare deeper pandemics, pandemics of belief and separation pandemics of spiritual starvation, pandemics of a disconnect from humanity with the rest of nature. Now, unity's third principle is that we co-create our reality through thoughts we hold in mind. When our personal lives blow up, I speak from experience here, that's often a time when we will take a step back and we'll take stock and we'll, we'll look at what are the norms? You know, we get knocked off of our, our normal way of doing things, and often that'll be a time when we reflect and think, okay, what are the norms that I, that I want to take forward? This is exactly the opportunity before us with this extraordinary virus and this extraordinary experience that we've all been in. I have said it before, I don't know if everything happens for a purpose, but I know we can make purpose of everything that happens. It is in our power to repurpose this pandemic from just crisis to portal, a portal for personal and collective rebirth. As more and more of us are getting vaccinated and infection and illness rates are dropping in many parts of the world, um, we hear a lot of talk about getting back to normal. And I'm just encouraging everybody, as I have been through this whole darn thing, to reconsider what normal, what we want normal to be. What are the norms we want to bring forward in our own personal lives? And what are the things we want to release? Um, there are three concepts, in fact, that I think uh, are full of potential right now. One of them is release, one of them is focused intention, and one of them is conscious evolution. Now, one of Unity's 12 spiritual powers is the power of release, of letting go. Um, we keep ourselves, we tend to keep ourselves in our comfort zones 
even when it's uncomfortable because it's familiar, right? It's usually when we get knocked out of a comfort zone that we really have the courage or the time or the desperation to really, you know, really think about what do I want my new comfort zone to look like? This is a fabulous time to consider that as we begin to move back into more regular connection. So, so think about it, you know. Maybe you actually liked being home more. Maybe you like eating out less, making great meals at home. Maybe you prefer to homeschool your kids. Or not. <laughs> or not on that last one. <laughs> For me, I'm totally surprised. I've been a gym rat since I've been 17. But I actually, over this last year, I have a little home gym and I know what I'm doing. It's like I've got to where I, I realize I like working out at home. I like doing more of my workout outside as well, outdoors. And thank goodness, we, those of us who are lucky enough to be in this room or, or on with us online who live in places where we could get outside, man, was that a blessing this last year and a half. So, you know, I decided if I'm going to spend money every month, I'd rather spend it on massage than a gym membership for me. <laughs> yeah, why not? Um, you know, for many of us also, our travel patterns really changed. Just a little while, mostly shut down. So now that the pandemic is kind of winding down, we hope, in many places, my beloved John, he brought out a big map of uh, the world and pinned it up, and he gave me a dart, and he said, babe, you throw that dart, and anywhere it lands, that's where I'm going to take you now that the pandemic is easing. <sighs> We're going to spend a couple of weeks behind the fridge. <laughs> I'm just making sure you're still awake, still with me. <laughs> Seriously, though, this is a perfect time to consider the habits and norms that we want to carry forward and what we want to release. And on the deeper level of release, it's really about our thinking and our thoughts, right? The thinking and thoughts that keep us limited. When we really lean into new thought principles, it's actually a mind training exercise, or often a mind untraining exercise, letting go of old beliefs and thoughts and unquestioned assumptions. Um, when we keep damming up our, our thinking with thoughts of, of doubt and of fear and of othering, we really block the our full potential. A Course in Miracles has a wonderful image that, that, that encourages us to clear off the altars of our mind to allow for sacred to rise up and rest there. I absolutely love that. So making a habit of, of more empowered thinking is a, is a, could become a viral pandemic that would be massively beneficial to our world. We're each an extension, as Jane mentioned, of God, source of the infinite. I'm asking you to consider releasing littleness and stepping into the fullness of what you really are, the magnitude and grandeur of yourself as a divine being. We have an opportunity every single moment to do that but an extraordinary one right now. The second pandemic as portal power play um, is focused intention. You know, our, again, our third principle, we're co-creating our reality through our thinking. And when we're just allowing our intention to 
flip and wander around, we often inadvertently are actually focusing energy on things we do not want. So focusing that intention. When we're, when we're, when we're unfocused, we're often sacrificing peace by, for instance, thinking about the obnoxious thing that that person just said and what we'd like to tell them. We're, we're thinking about the job interview, worried that it's going to be a no, instead of putting that focused intention on a big yes. The pow there's a power move. I've mentioned it to you before, but one of, my, one of the things I do love about A Course in Miracles is it's just mind-blowingly profound and also super-duper practical. And it has this little exercise in it that helps with focusing this thinking, focusing this intention, and it's simply choose again, choose again. You find yourself getting fearful about some potential future thing that you can't control, choose again. You find yourself thinking negative thoughts about the guy who said the obnoxious thing, choose again. It's a really, really powerful, simple little device. And then the operative word here in my talk is play. It's pandemic as portal power play. A lot of times I think those of us in new thought because we know that our thoughts have power and we're human so the thoughts often spin off down some, some trail that doesn't feel so positive and then we get nervous about that. I am learning that the lighter I get, the more playful I can get with the spirituality, with these principles, with these teachings, the more powerful they are. And it sure is, it sure is a whole lot more fun. So the real opportunity in this extraordinary time that we're traveling through together is, is to create new and better no norms for ourselves personally. And I think there's also tremendous opportunity to create new and better norms collectively. In healing of the collective conscious, for it to actually become a portal to the more beautiful world we all want to be part of. All of nature is constantly in a state of evolution. We're interacting with, being shaped by, shaping our environment continuously. What's so mind-blowingly cool about being a human being right now at this particular time is that we have the chance to consciously direct our evolution. Teilhard de Chardin, or Chardin a, Jew, a Jesuit priest, a scientist, and a paleontologist, he was born in the 1880s and passed in the 1950s. And he came up with the concept of a noosphere. N-O-O-S-P-H-E-R-E. -E. So think of an atmosphere around the planet. But the noosphere is actually a layer created by mind activity. It's a layer created by collective consciousness, by all of our thinking. And according to this, this, this theory, it's growing as our language grows, it's growing as our consciousness grows, it's growing even as globally connected um, communications systems grow. And I wanna read a short piece. This is a book called Connected. It's not my favorite, actually, it's about um, an experiment to see, to try to measure global connectivity. But I want to read this chapter. The, the author's name is Roger Nelson. And he says, Carl Jung, Henry Bergson, Bertrand Russell, Tehard, and others of like mind have suggested also that because humanity is reflective and creative, 
we can make decisions and take actions that will direct and shape our own evolution. There's little doubt this is true, but we have only begun to sense this power just in time to take control of ourselves so that we may accelerate the maturation of a newosphere or layer of intelligence for the earth. The integrity from our own the integrity of our own possible home, this beautiful world, is in great danger from our own destructive and careless misunderstanding. And it's time for us to see ourselves growing toward the next stage of humanity. The future of human is reaching toward us and drawing us into an awakening earth mind. I love that. The future of our species is reaching toward us and pulling us forward in consciousness. The wonderful late Barbara Marks Hubbard, she called the newosphere a superorganism. She called it the thinking layer of the earth. And she said it could either destroy or it could solve every single problem that we think is however big and actually help us actively evolve. She said that the, just before she passed, she said that the newosphere is getting ready to open its collective eyes. It's a cool thought. We're here at an extraordinary time. All of the unhealthy, immature aspects of humanity's thinking are right in front of our noses now. Can't really run from it anymore. It's right there. Environmental problems, racism, the terrible things that we do through othering. The era of separation is coming to an end. The, the era of materialism has run its course. We are right now, I fully believe, in the beginning of an entirely new era with new systems and new ways of interacting and new ways of, of, of relating because we have to be. Evolution happens when it hits a pressure point. And we get to be here right now in this time at this point of an evolutionary quantum step. I think that's exciting personally. We kicked off the season of the Earth nine weeks ago, and I showed a video clip of the, the names of millions of environmental organizations. It's just a scrolling list, and if you remember, the list is scrolling, and it's got all these names of environmental organizations from all over the world who are working toward a healthier relationship with this planet. Now, if you had started watching that video clip nine weeks ago, right here, and watched it 24-7, every single day, you still, right now, nine weeks later, would not be at the end of the list. That's how many organizations are out there trying to take this evolutionary step. Now, if you were to add all the organizations that are working right now on racial justice, child welfare, better treatment of animals, all the causes that a more beautiful world is trying to bring in, it would be months and months and months past that. It's billions of people at this point dedicated to ushering in new and better and more beautiful norms. And we know that it's going on. That's a really, really new development. That knowledge that all of that positivity is at play has become part of this newosphere. It's part of our collective consciousness. There are cosmic forces at work helping to house clean the old so-called civilization, so that we can all be part of birthing a new and more positive one. 
COVID-19 really helped put humanity's connectedness right in front of our faces. And it also demonstrates that we can do extraordinary things when we put our minds to it. The development of effective vaccines that fast is totally unprecedented. We can solve the problems before us. And the more that each one of us really, really works on our own conscious evolution, the more we become not just a revolutionary force, but an evolutionary force. We're spiritual beings having a human experience and the, with the whole power of creator, as Jane mentioned, of this, of this life force is with each and every one of us. Every time we have a conscious recognition of the oneness, every time we recognize that the universe itself is part of that life force, we help to add more intelligence, more intelligence to our collective consciousness. It's possible to have a healed world when we're all doing the work and committing to healing our own minds. That's an aspect of conscious evolution. We're in a time of apocalypse together. It's a time of unveiling. It's a time when aspects of the less beautiful world are becoming less comfortable, giving us a chance to really birth something new. I want to read one more, um, one more section. What page was I on? From this book, Connected. I have it marked, and I've lost my mark. 291. So, Grandfather Stocking Wolf was um, an Apache who never uh, was from a from a band that were never they never surrendered. He actually grew up in the mountains in Mexico, never went to reservations, and was um, quite a powerful force. And he was born in the 1880s in a time of quite a lot of violence uh, in that area. And I want to read what he says here. If a man could make the right choices, then he could significantly alter the course of the possible future. No man, then, should feel insignificant, for it only takes one man, or woman, I would add, one man, to alter the consciousness of mankind through the spirit that moves in all things. In essence, one thought influences another, then another, until the thought is made manifest throughout all of creation. It is the same thought, the same force, that causes an entire flock of birds to change course, and then the flock has become one mind. That's the possibility before us. We are living in an extraordinary time. And our question is, what do we want to do with this spectacular gift that we each have been given, complete with the challenges? We're being called to go beyond ourselves as we now exist. The times are calling for it. Can you feel it? Can you feel that? I can feel that. That's what I felt at the onset of this challenge. We're being asked to push past the limits of our humanness. We're being pushed out of norms and comfort zones. And yet each step along the way, we have God's source creator with us, and we have access to divine order all around us. 
So I'm just encouraging everyone here in this room, online, everyone, to step through your own personal portal and take your own lives to the next level, to allow that goodness to flow, and also to lend your unique, beautiful power to helping create a new and better norm and a more beautiful world. Here's to creating pandemics of peace, pandemics of planetary healing, pandemics of kindness and love, and pandemics of unity. And so it is. Peace out.